Help us understand you better. Reboot has developed a quick five-minute survey to get to know you, our audience. Visit reboot.io forward slash survey to let us know what you think. Thanks for taking part. You got to deal with that. Mm -hmm. And in this case, you got to kiss this particular dragon. Because when you kiss the dragon, it's just a princess waiting to be loved. So the dragon here is something about someone misjudging you. Because we don't fear being judged well. We don't even fear being judged accurately. Right? What we fear is being misunderstood because our sense of love, safety, and belonging is threatened. John, you're a large black man. You're probably a criminal. Bullshit. But the truth is that misjudgment is a real threat to your safety and to your sense of belonging. And for you to put yourself out there, and you said this to me before we hit the record button, put the title superhero on your business card. For you to do that means you got to kiss that dragon. And that dragon is scary. But when Rilke gives us that quote, that every dragon is just a princess waiting to be loved, what he's saying is, the dragon disappears once you take it in. And that's really fucking scary. Welcome to the Reboot Podcast. Welcome again to the Reboot Podcast. I am Dan Putt. A friend of mine once compared me to a darter fish. You move so quickly, he said, from one thing to the next, gathering energy as you go and learning each step of the way. You never stay in one spot too long. Now, he meant this as a compliment, but when I first heard it, it stung. It took me a little while to get past this voice of shame that I associated with this observation, the voice that was telling me that I must have some inability to focus on things. This was proof that I was flawed. Later on, I came to see that my friend was trying to reflect back to me something true about my own core values. I have an intense curiosity to understand the world around me, and it's partly from pursuing that curiosity that I derive purpose and meaning in my life. Steve Jobs once famously said, You cannot connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backward. Looking back on my life up to this point, I can see how that darterfish curiosity has been a guiding compass, helping bring me where I am now. At the core, deep within, we all have this compass, comprised of the things we value most, and that is rack steady and always available to us as a guide. It's easy to ignore or not even see that it exists, or even be ashamed of it like I was at the time. But when we recognize it for what it is and access it, it provides a surge of power and clarity. And if you've ever experienced this surge or seen it, it is a thing of beauty. When we discover and live out our own core values, they not only provide meaning for the path traveled, 
but they also provide answers for the path ahead. Our guest today, John Guyton, is a man of many talents and a superhero, as we learned in his appearance on episode 41. But his passion, energy, and push for progress on some important endeavors leaves him feeling a bit lost in this moment. In this conversation with Jerry, you'll see John uncover what drives his own inner compass, his purpose, and how it not only provides meaning for his path, but also great energy to push forward in a new way. Enjoy. Leadership roles present women with a unique set of challenges and frustrations. November 9th through the 12th, join 15 leaders who identify as women and immerse yourself in the complexity and vulnerability of being a female executive at the Reboot Retreat Center in Boulder, Colorado. Give yourself and your leadership a reboot at this women-only bootcamp. Learn more at reboot.io slash women. But little by little, as you left their voices behind, the stars began to burn through the sheets of clouds, and there was a new voice which you slowly recognized as your own that kept you company as you strode deeper and deeper into the world, determined to do the only thing you could do, determined to save the only life you could save. Mary Oliver, The Journey. John, it's great to hear from you, to see you again, and to be back online with you. How are you? I'm good, man. Great to be here. I'm excited. All right. Take a minute, introduce yourself again, and uh, tell us your name and who you are. Okay. I'm John Guyton, CEO of Master the Book. It's a company that reads books and turns them into 15-minute videos. And oh, by the way, I make movies in my spare time. Right. Right. So bring us back in time. When we last talked, it was in the spring. Mm -hmm. Um, You were transitioning from Lassie Project, which is how I first met you when we first met. Um, Our experience being together at the boot camp. Um, We had, a, I think, a killer kick-ass conversation. And if I remember correctly, we sort of hit upon one of your many superpowers but you you were going through some questioning transition times for yourself and trying to figure out who the next iteration of John is. So am, am I naming that right? The next iteration of John. So, yeah, you're correct. We're just taking it a step further. Mm. It's it's actually deciding, deciding to take action on who on what, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. meaning not sitting back and waiting for it to happen to you. Yeah, it's like the guy that's, you know, it's like the guy that is really good at baseball and he's, you know, he's in the he's in the park and he's hitting he's hitting home runs like nobody's business and can throw it from center field all the way to home base. And everybody's like, you're really good. You should man, you should totally do that. He's like, oh, I know, I know. And he's, you know, it's like, well, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know, go. And it, it, some people don't some people don't go. I'm like, well, I can't be that guy. Right. So I start to take some action. But. So bring us up to date. What have you been doing since May and what 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 is Master the Book? Okay, yes. And don't okay. get into pitch mode because I'll cut you off. But go ahead. <laughs> don't pitch me, bro. Don't pitch me, bro. Uh yeah. So I you know, since May, man, we, we've been we've been kind of going back and forth about, you know, I I made a decision to make a documentary, to make a movie. And 
that is something that costs money until you get distribution. And, you know, most don't even make money. Right. So that's not a that's not a career. That's a thing that, you know, hey, I want to put this out into the world. Mm -hmm. And this is something that the world needs is something we can do to change, you know, change things and and whatnot. Right. It's a story that needs to be told. So and as I remember, that was I mean, we'll, we'll we'll circle back to that. But as I remember from our last conversation, that was Dark Dollar. The, yeah, the Dark Dollar. You got it. And and that was about, uh, in effect, black economic power. Yes. And, and what has happened to undermine yes. that? Um, and 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 uh, correct me if I'm wrong in terms of the terms, but we're even talking about the the black Wall Street of the 1920s, 1930s. Is that mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Yeah. Remind the listeners, what was my challenge to you around superhero? I mean, what to, did you take I, away from it? Yeah, really, just to 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 basically don't have any apprehension and just and go right and like own it. Yeah, like be like actually be that be the fucking superhero. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because the thing because and listeners have heard me talk a time and time again about superpowers and we all have some sort of superpower because we're all fucking mutants. OK. Yeah. Yeah. And what and the thing about someone who owns their superpower instead of being owned by their superpower right. is they become a superhero. Yeah. OK. So that's the calculus. And so my challenge to you, John was to be the superhero. Yep. Right? And that means coming into relationship with the negative and positive sides of your superpower. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I, I, I tell him, I said, we got to make this movie. And I need you. I'm, I'm tasking you with telling me how we can do this thing for nothing. Mm -hmm. And this guy came back. You know, his name is Gerard Roxburgh from, from Scotland. He came. He's amazing. I'm going to make he, you do that Scottish accent one more time. <laughs> Gerard, Gerard uh, uh, I got a couple of Scottish words that I can, that I, I can nail, right? So he says, uh, all right, man. So he goes and he does his thing. He comes back. He comes back two weeks later and he calls me. He says, John, I said, what's up, man? He said, are you ready to make a fucking movie, man? And I said, what you, he said, are you ready to make a fucking movie, man? And I was like, wow, uh, what do you mean? Of course I'm ready. He got a crew, people, he got a whole crew of people that's willing to, you know, that commercial where it's like, I think it's a car commercial, but the kids are like, come back with a team and maybe you can play. And the kids are like, you know, going to recruit all the kids and they're like waving them over. He brought back, I mean, these folks out of just their heart, the goodness of their heart, he showed them the thing, he showed them the clips, and he said, I need you to help make this movie, and and this is what we got, and this is what it is, it's going to be hard work, and, and they said, I'm in. These people don't even know me, they are in, all the way in. They've made sacrifices, they're making phone calls, they're putting in work, they've given me sketch, as if I'm paying them. I'm not paying these people. So that's your side job. That's a side job. That's the side job. That don't make me a, a, a dime. That's just, that's the side job, right? So, yeah, what 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 I've been doing with the main stuff? What does that look like? That was that was that was a moment of you know in May I was not doing superhero shit like at all, mm -hmm. and I knew that that was a call to do it, and I just kind of sat with it, and I took stock in where I was, what I needed, what I could do, with what I have, what problems I you know what what's a problem I can solve. 
that's not going to, you know, suck the soul out of me. I can only do so many like soul sucking tasks at once. Right. Like, you know, it's my, you know, it's like, damn. Um, but what can I do that encompasses my desire to help people, help them become better and become better myself? What can I do that's also fun and that that helps me grow and something that can make a good amount of money? Oh, and something that as it gets bigger, it doesn't get more stressful for me. Small list of requirements. That's where I came to this concept, Master the Book. Real simple. Everybody keeps saying, oh, man, you got to read this book. And then somebody else says, oh, okay, I'll put it on my list. And I went to one of my friends. I go, man, I've heard you say I'm going to put it on my list. I don't know how many times. Do you ever get to your list to read those books? And they're like, no, no, I don't. I don't. I'm just so busy and this and that. And I just asked, I said, what if I read books and I turned them into 15 minute videos and they said, hell yeah. I didn't even finish the question. I said, hell yeah. Yes, I would do it. Totally. And I said, okay, I made a few more phone calls and, and got the information. I said, okay, let's do it. How's that experience been for you? The experience of creating the creating the videos, mm-hmm. it has been one of the most energetic things. Period. Mm-hmm. I feel so lucky that I'm reading a ton. I mean, literally everywhere. I mean, I know this is not a video, but I so got them. You've just grabbed five, six books. It's like, look what I'm doing. Look what I'm doing. Right. I could literally keep going. I, I could. I could grab books, but it's. I feel so. I feel rich with like this knowledge. I feel rich. I. I I'm learning so much. And when people call me and they say, oh, I want to talk about this or talk about that. I find myself pulling from these books and I'm saying, well, you know, you really got to say yes to your one thing and no to everything else. It's like, I got that from the one thing or, you know, I'll tell. And so it's been super energetic, Mm. super energetic and also has been a battle. Tell me about the battle. Well... It's silly. Like I said before, it's, it's underlying like discomfort with superhero shit. It sounds so conceited and ridiculous. And it's not like you meet people. It's like, Hey, what's going on? I was like, oh, I'm doing some superhero shit. Me too, man. Let's grab some coffee. It's, it's, it's kind of like, uh, not lonely in the traditional sense where you're like, I'm lonely. I have nobody to talk to, but like the, you know, it's not like, you know, there's like a superhero convention and shit like that. Right. Like people are like, I want to, you know, People don't want to move. People don't want to take, you know, move the lever that 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 shifts the world all the time, you know, all the time. Right. They just want to make some money and have some fun. Uh, it's been a struggle or a battle because. I've known for quite some time. That I need to put myself out there. And what I mean by that is I literally mean myself. I'm talking about social media. I should be putting content out there. I should be talk. I should be putting pieces and snippets of my videos because when I go speak, I do public speaking from time to time. And I, I know the feedback. I'm not like, I know the feedback. I know people, I know it's, you know, I've done talks and this and that. I've heard from mentors, from colleagues, from friends for years now. Man, you really got to put yourself out there. But I haven't. Why not? And be real. Always. Uh For, well, fear, the fear. I mean, I'm afraid that, uh, I've been thinking about this all day today because of a conversation I had this morning with a, a friend turned guru. Fear, 
fear because you put yourself out there in a in such a strong way that's in in my in my opinion that's it it's kind of like oh that's who you are i got friends that are like you know they're like the real estate guy and i got friends that do this and friends that do that and so it's like if you stay neutral and whatever then nobody can label you nobody can label you nobody can label you nobody can oh man i can see it in your eyes you're going to you're digging another layer deep here so I wish everybody could see where you look right now. Uh, it's, Who, me? Yeah, you. Uh, when you know, you mean I'm like, doing that Jerry thing. <laughs> it's yeah. It's nobody can nobody can label you. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's uh, probably a big thing. It's like I have you been labeled before? Oh, of course, of course. What were some of the labels? Be real. Uh, well, I mean. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, uh, but it's not, I'm going to give you the answer because you asked for it, but I don't, it's, um, have I been labeled before? Yeah. Uh, 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 I've been labeled, a. have been, I've been labeled a thief before. I've been labeled, a. uh, you know, just, you know, some like racial slurs and stuff like that or whatever. But like, you know, I've had the police, you know, in high school, there was an issue with, you know, the police got called at a party and, and mind you. You know, I think I told this last time we are like you know, straight edge people, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not, I wasn't a partier. And I wasn't, I wasn't even a bad, I didn't even get into trouble really. But, but you're uh, a big man. Yeah, I'm a big man. I mean, look, a dude in Colorado kicked my dog, man. He kicked my dog. Like, let me, look, I'm you a big. You were walking down the street during, in Boulder. Uh, and no, this is in, this is in Aurora. In we were, Aurora. I, we just got through walking the dogs now. I'm a big dude. I'm married. We have two Pomeranians, had two Pomeranians at the time, Pomeranians, little, small, tiny ass dogs, right? Not a reflection of me. So, but a reflection of my love for my wife. Anyway, so we walk these little dogs, right? Bear and Bruiser, appropriate names for Pomeranians. And so we walk these dogs and this dude comes up and he's not a small guy himself, but, uh, you know, he's probably like six, probably like six foot, six, one, two forty. You know what I'm saying? I'm bigger than that. So he's walking by and he's got medium sized dogs. And his dogs stop on my front lawn and they're doing what dogs do, sniffing their butts or whatever the case may be. I start walking over to him and I'm going to, I was going to greet him, you know, like I normally do. I'm I'm that guy, right? Hey, how's it going? I had never seen the guy. And I walk up to go get my dog and he, and he literally kicks him, kicks the bigger Pomeranian, just boop, kicks him straight up, kicks him. I was in shock. I like to be the type of person that I'm kind of like, I kind of prepare for a lot. Like if somebody says something to me, I prepare for it. Or if I'm driving, I'm like, okay, what if that person veers in my lane? What am I going to do? Like, I'm that guy, right? I'm the, I'm the guy that catches the kid off the escalator and shit. But this, I had no plan for, I had nothing for it. I mean, I got nothing. Kick your dog. What do you do? Go. It's like, I don't know. All I could muster up was, uh, I, I walk, I, I just yelled, I go, you kick my fucking dog, man. Like that's, you kick my fucking dog. That's, that's all I could. And again, didn't expect this come, you know, to come instead of typically when I, in aggressive tone, you know, typically people, you know, calm down. He did the exact opposite. He bucked up, he got in my face, he took his finger and he pointed it. He pointed it in, my, in between my eyes and said, you know, back and forth. He said, your dog was, and doing all this. Now this is happening in slow motion for me. And I don't know this guy. So I haul back and I give him a, I give him a jab, you know what I'm saying? I give him a jab to his, to his cheek, 
Nothing crazy, probably like 65%. You know, he pops back, his glasses fall off. It's all dramatic, drops his leash and stuff like that. I give him one pop. I didn't beat him. I just hit him once. Boop. Just one pop, like back up. And uh, he goes, oh, you hit me, you hit me. So he leaves. 15 minutes later, the police knock on the door. Boom, boom, boom. Right? <laughs> so I'm like, oh, man, here's the police, right? The police were cool. They were cool. Dude comes in. And I'm like, he's like, where's the dog? And I point to my dog and he goes, no, no, no. Where's the dog that was in the incident? And I point to my dog. I said, that's the only dogs we have. He said, like, I said, look at my bowls. You know, he didn't believe me. I said, look at my dog bowls. He goes, he called his partner over. Hey, man, come here. You got to be, you, you're not going to believe this. Look at these dogs. He goes, these are the dogs. And the guy goes, what? The story the guy told you looked like the dogs were, you know. Right. Rottweilers. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, long story short, I got charged with uh, something that sounded so serious, like aggravated assault or something like that, right? So I'm in court with a suit on, you know, <laughs> like, this is, I'm so out of my arm. I was like, this is ridiculous. I go to the judge and I'm telling the judge, I said, you know, he said, well, you know, what say you and all that? And I just told him, I said, I, you know, he approached me. He was aggressive in nature. I felt for my, you know, I, you know, I, I felt for my safety, the safety of myself and my, and my young daughters at the time. I didn't have Eli. You know, we didn't have Eli. I said, for, for the safety of my daughters and my family. And uh, and I'm thinking, this is, open, this is open and shut. Like, police officers are on my side. The judge looks at me. He says, he says look at you, you know. Mm. Like, he goes, you're exactly. I find it hard to believe that you, fe- that you felt threatened. And I was like, damn. You know, I can't feel threatened? <laughs> like, why can't I feel threatened? You know, like. What am I supposed to? So I got to let dude be all in my face, kick my dog and, and all well, that. Cause what, you, what, what did the judge mean? What? Because you're scary looking. Uh, you know, I didn't I didn't even uh, I didn't I didn't feel like I could have a conversation with the judge. Like, you know, what do you mean, judge? He's like, see, there you go with that aggressive. You know, I don't know. Right. I mean, I hell I I went to I was in uh, I was in another spot. I was doing a reality show. With IBM, like camera crews follow me around, and there's a bunch of white dudes, you know, producers and stuff. And this this guy, security guard guy, goes, "Hey guys, you can't film here." Blah 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 blah. And I'm like, everybody's like, you know, and you know the white guys are getting all aggressive and stuff. I'm not an aggressive guy like that, right? I'm just kind of like, uh, so I'm asking him like, "Hey, so where does the line cut off?" You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm yeah, just, yeah you're trying to find a compromise. Yeah, I'm in the reality. I'm trying to get my shot. Like this is, you know, so I'm like, <laughs> "Hey, you know, where where's the line?" And he literally stopped, put his hand on his deal and goes, hey, I don't need any aggression from you. And the whole everybody just stopped. And I said, in other words, he goes, listen, don't say anymore. You want to call the police? And he he calls the police. And it was just the most weird. And they got that on film, too. It was the weirdest thing. Now, these label thing. I don't know if this is the I don't know if this is it. Uh, The real one is um, being judged, I would say. Yeah, I think overall being judged. Like I really, and this is, I don't know if this is a fault of mine, but I really give a shit what people think. And I don't want to, like, I really like too much. I had a neighbor, my neighbor made me cry once. Uh, you know, I were friends and, and we're over there. Like, like it was a year, it was a year later. It was like, I've been known him for a year and we were in his, in his basement drinking. And he told me about his first impression. He said, he thought I was, you know, being a, a jerk to him. I made a comment like, what do you know what to do? You know? What you know to do with all these weights, you know, like just he's a big, strong guy, but I'm a big, strong guy. I didn't mean to just I was literally just kind of, you know, just jabbing at him, you know, just, you know, that's the way two guys would. Yeah, exactly. And he mm-hmm. took it the wrong way. And I it made me cry. I'm like, what am I doing? I'm over here crying because this dude thought I was mean. So, Why so to go back to the experience this morning, 
what you've connected with is that you've held your back, you held yourself back out of a fear of experiencing being judged again. Uh, I think so. I mean, mm -hmm. I've almost put myself out there so many times. I mean, like probably like 20, mm -hmm. probably 20 times in the last 10 years. People have been telling me for 10 years, you are tripping. Basically, they look at me and they go, you are tripping. And I had a really strong mentor, like a month, six months. You are tripping. You need to, you got to put yourself out there. You put yourself out there. You're going to build a following. You build a following. You're going to be able to move mountains. And I'm like, oh, that sounds great. And they're like, you just got to do this, this, and this. It's easy. And then and they every one of those things scares the crap out of you. Uh, Yeah. But it's, it's, it's little things like put yourself on Facebook and do this and do that. And it's like, and, and it's interesting. And I, I don't know if it's um, the fear of being judged or the, I'm not sure exactly. Right. But fast forward. So this has been happening a long time mm -hmm. this morning, this morning, I reconnected with a buddy that I knew growing up mm -hmm. and he, in 2008, when the, with the market crash and all that, he devoted his life to internet, to, to online traffic, internet traffic, right? He is like a guru now. People pay him 25 grand for, a, for, for two days to learn from him. You know, he's, you know, he's got a, he's got the big house and the car. He's doing really well. He's teaching people how to do it. You know, he's, he's changing people's lives, helping business owners get traffic. And he knows he's got his own brand. He got a video and a book and all this stuff. And I was talking to him and I'll be damned. We hadn't talked in years. I showed him what I was doing with the dark dollar. He was blown away. I showed him what I was doing with master the book. And he says, dude, you got something with this man, blah, blah, blah. I was telling me all this stuff. And before we got off the call, he goes, can I just tell you something, man? Because, because he asked me earlier in the call, he goes, are you on this? Do you on Twitter? Do you do this? Do you do that? And I was like, well, I do, but I don't really do anything. I just, no, I'm not, I haven't put myself out there socially, you know? And he didn't react then. He just kind of asked the questions like, hey, are you on this? Are you doing this? Are you promoting yourself this way? I said, no. And before we got off the call, he, he says, can I say something? I said, yeah. He goes, he goes, man, I just got to say, I think you're tripping. And I just, <laughs> I go, what do you mean? He goes, and I knew what he was going to say. He goes, I don't understand. He goes, you need to put yourself out there ASAP. You need to put yourself out there ASAP. And, um, I've been sitting with that all day. And where are you now with it? I have, I have told every person that I spoke to, to that I've spoken to today, I have told that I'm going to do it. I'm going to put myself out there. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to join his thing. I'm going to learn from, because he made the same offer everybody else did, man. I'll tell, I'll show you how, you know, you just do this and do that. I, I made, I've made the decision to put myself out there, to do it, to say, hey, I'm John Guyton, right? I eat books for breakfast and turn them into videos. And oh, by the way, I make, I make movies in my spare time. Like that's me. I am the master of progress. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give myself a nick. I'm going to give myself the name. I got the URL. That's me, period. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to say, I'm John Guyton. I'm the master of progress. Because I know I got a book that I'm going to put out at some point. I got a book written. I haven't published it. It's fucking written. It's sitting there. I wrote it six months ago. It's collecting dust. It's like 200 some pages. It's titled Master of Progress. My wife came up with that name and told me that six, 
told me that a while, a long time ago, you, you, that, that's who you are. You're the master of progress. And I go, I love this. I love it. And then I sat on it and I'm still today sitting on it. Why won't I call myself that? Why won't I be like my other buddy in Denver, who's Denver's number one plumber? And I'm like, and he, he said, you know why I'm Denver's number one plumber? Cause I said so <laughs> nobody else. That's it. He just put it out there. So why won't I do it? I don't know that I have the answer to that. The real answer to that question. I'm not sure, but but I told everybody that I've spoken to today that I'm going to do it. So remember, um, I'll bring you back to to the famous line which which you gave me after our boot camp, and we talked about talked about dragons and your line, if you remember it, was oh yeah. What do you got to do? Yeah, you got to deal with that. You got to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And in this case, you got to kiss this particular dragon. Because when you kiss the dragon, it's just a princess waiting to be loved. So the dragon here is something about someone misjudging you. Because we don't fear being judged well. We don't even fear being judged accurately. Right? What we fear is being misunderstood because our sense of love, safety, and belonging is threatened. John, you're a large black man. You're probably a criminal. Bullshit. But the truth is that misjudgment is a real threat to your safety and to your sense of belonging. And for you to put yourself out there, and you said this to me before we hit the record button, put the title superhero on your business card. For you to do that means you got to kiss that dragon. And that dragon is scary. But when Rilke gives us that quote, that every dragon is just a princess waiting to be loved, what he's saying is, The dragon disappears once you take it in. And that's really fucking scary. And I don't mean to make light of this. This is not some existential, privileged little place of like, hey, man, you just got to embrace your fear and all that stuff. (laughs) Feel the fear and do it anyway. Yeah. Right? Because... Because some crazy dude is going to kick your damn Pomeranian and call you the threat. Mm-hmm. And that's the reality of your life today. But you still got to deal with it. You got no choice. Mm-hmm. And so we all have superpowers. When we own our superpowers, we're superheroes, and then we have our tasks. Okay? Batman saves Gotham City. Who does John save? You know what? I don't, I don't think I, uh, 
I don't think I save like a like I don't think I save people. I think I I think I uh I I I unlock within them what I don't save anybody. I unlock within them what they already have to save themselves because the people that that myself, you know, the things that I've done to quote unquote, to save myself with stuttering or this or that, you know, the things that, you know, the things that are, are that we face, nobody's going to come through and save you. That's not that's not what it is. I you know, people ask me who my hero is. It's me 10 years from now. That's who my hero is. That's who I look up to is myself 10 years from now. You know what? That's who I look up to. You 10 years from now. Yeah, I think you're right. I think your super task is to create the conditions for other people to save themselves. Wow. That feels right. Yeah. That feels uh that feels right. right. That's what it, that's what it is. I've um Yeah, that's what it is. Cuz like politically and and all this stuff. I mean, there's so much turmoil with people they they you're on your team red or team blue, team the Lakers or the Clippers, this or that, right? You know what I'm saying? White you man know? or black man. Yeah, well, you're right. Like all this looks like no 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 no. No 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 no. That's not how I don't I don't I don't operate that way. See, I got a blend, you know what I'm saying? I got a mix, I got, you know, I got a mixed race family, right? So it's not, it's, you know, I'm not, I don't paint with a broad brush. I can't paint with, my wife won't let me paint with a broad brush, right? You know, and she can't paint with a broad brush. So these things, we have to look, we look a lot deeper than, than the obvious narrative that has been shoved down our throats. Like we, we, we look deeper because we have to. And when we look deeper, it's like, well, damn, okay. So I'm going to take you back to the documentary Dark Dollar. So at one level, it's really telling a story about black economic power. At another level, it's about telling the story of people seizing their own power. At another level, perhaps it could be argued, it's about showing people that they have the capacity to save themselves. Does that land for you? Like a like a 747 jet. <laughs> like a gold medal gymnast. Mm-hmm. That is Can you say it again? Yeah. So dark dollar isn't just a story about what happened in the past. And it's not just painting what the opportunity for various communities are to seize their own economic power. It's about showing people ways in which they can save themselves or participate in their own rescue. It's about actually taking the power back. And I would argue that your sacred superpower task isn't to do that, whether it's by showing people the power that's implicit in a book or a set of knowledge or this story of the dark dollar. Damn. 
Did I just drop the mic? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The mic has effectively been dropped. Now, I want to tell you what I did, because this is my superpower. You know, all I did was reflect back to you what you've already told me over our several conversations. I am just a mirror for you. That's my superpower. Yeah. It's interesting how you, I mean, because I, I was struggling with putting it together. It seems so, and it's always for me, seemed so eclectic, a collection of things that hold my interest, right? I, I It's always seemed to me so all over the place. And it's like, well, what the heck? I mean, not that there has to be, but for me, I felt like there needed to be, at least for me to make sense of it all. What is that thing mm-hmm. that ties it together? What's the underlying truth in all of this? Whether it's whether it's helping prevent child abductions, whether Classy it's- project. You know what I'm saying, right? Master the book. Right? You know, the Master dark- Master of progress. Dark dollar. Yeah. Like, what's what's the- like, what is it? You know, what is it in all of it? It's kind of like, it's just, it's just really interesting. Like every, everything I've done that, that underlying deal can, you can say that for everything that I've done, even back, like, you know, back with the, you know, the needing lunch money and like, okay, going to the deal and okay, I need lunch money. What do I do? Do I, do I beg, borrow, steal? No, you go to the grocery store and you get candy and you put it in a plastic bag and you sell mini Snickers and caramel apple pops because I don't care who you are. That shit's awesome, especially when you're a kid. I was slinging it to teachers and that's how I that's how I solved the problem. But it was your it was this it was the yourself. And, you know, I got to thank my dad because he used to always. Kind of just in a very matter of fact way, right, just kind of like like I tell him I want to do something. He's like, OK, like. Like I, if I if I ever complained or I ever said, but this and that and I can't and blah blah blah, you just listen. I'm just kind of like it doesn't compute to him, you know. This is the guy that you know, it doesn't. I mean, he you know doesn't compute for him, and I want to. I'm so I'm so grateful for that because it's like it doesn't compute for me now. Because he sent a message to you. Mm-hmm. The message he sent to you is you got to participate in saving yourself. Oh yeah, started with the stuttering too. I mean, that was. I was lo- I was lost. I was you know I was depressed. I was I was a stutterer, you know, a bad one, and I had very smart people, that normally you'd trust, PhD speech pathologists that said, "Hey, let me explain to you how this thing works," and I've always said no to those because it didn't align with what I truly thought. And when somebody said with Lassie Project, let me explain to you how that works and how that's like, well, no. And I'm glad we did because tell that to the, the special needs boy that we found in 17 damn minutes after the police called us. Like, tell me, like, tell me that couldn't be moved. Tell me, you know, tell me we had to wait for the government to save us or for them to improve Amber Alert. No, no, no. We could save ourselves. We could we could we could we could connect and we could promise each other if your kid's missing. I'm going to look. And if my kid's missing, you're going to look. And collectively, our kids will be safer. 
Yeah, it was saving their self. It was saving yourself. Master the book. It's kind of like, I want to be this and I want to be that and I want to be better and I'm, I want to be happier. And the books are just the gateway to that. It's like, well, let me tell you what you that's what that's why it's not just about reading the book. It's not just about listening to the book. When I say master the book, I'm yeah, I'm saying be a master of progress like me. I'm saying, hey, let me show you how to do. I read it. Here's the implement it. And I'm 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 not perfect. I'm working on it myself. Damn. Man, I'm I'm like really I'm really excited. Like this feels and you know what's crazy? I was thinking like every time we talk, it's kind of like the dude just like happened. It's like just happens on like, you know, the thing, right? No, 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 no. It's not you don't just happen on it. Like this is I was wondering if I I, I asked myself before that so I go, am I going to leave here with am I going to leave here with that reason? Other than the social pressure I put on myself, because what I was doing was a stopgap. I told you a little bit ago that I told everybody I talked to today that I was going to put it out there because I know myself and I know that if I tell you something, I'm going to do it. If I say I'm not the guy that says I'll pick you up at seven and then seven o'clock rolls around, I'm not there. I'll be there. If I've got to, you know, get a this and that and, you know, build a car from scratch, I'm going to get there. And that's why I was doing it. But it wasn't because I had figured it out. It was just I just decided that it needs to be done. But this I, feels like the North Star. Like I need it like that, like that, you know, like that, that, mm-hmm. that thing you can always take it back to. It's kind of like, well, what am I doing? It doesn't seem so random anymore. It's called purpose. It's called purpose. And we never lose purpose. The path that we choose to follow that purpose has to evolve because life changes. But purpose, and that word seems to evoke something in you. What happened, John? I have the answers I needed. Oh, yes, you do. I I think I said it. I was doing a lot of rambling. I think I said sometime in this whole deal that I was the 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 the, the apprehension in part was because you know, you put yourself out there and that's you. And then, you know, what if you're wrong? And it's like, and I don't want to come across as like all over the place and this and that. And it's like all of a sudden that just falls away. I don't care because if somebody cares enough to press deeper, if somebody cares enough to, if they want to know about who I am or whatever, they can look at my body of work. They can dig deeper. They can ask questions, but the things that I do, there's a reason, there's a rhyme and reason behind this thing. So yeah, I'm not going to jump on the bandwagon of this public policy because it's popular or this, it doesn't matter to me. That's not, that's not what I'm, that's not what I'm about. I want to help you help you. It's powerful to find your inner compass, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Because you can never then lose the North Star. I just I just can't wait for, like, have an idea and something. It's like, 
because you know you can you can bring it back to some shit, right? You're like, oh, okay, like you know what I mean? It's not so crazy, right? It's like, and people would say that. They, I mean, I've heard that, right? Man, you're all over the place. Your energy is great, but you're all over the place. It's like, now I can be like, no, nah, not really. With a small, you know, like, not really. I'm not, not really all over the place. Mm-hmm. It's all kind of tied into the same stuff. Well, and it also becomes the litmus test by which you judge the random ideas that you come up with. Yeah. Does it further the purpose or not? Does it take me away from my North Star or not? Mm-hmm. Totally. So... John, it is such an honor to connect with you. It really is an honor to bear witness to your own unfolding. And I'm not blowing smoke up your ass when I say I admire the man you are becoming. Oh, thank you. We're all all in that process of becoming, and I'm watching you unfold. You know, we, we we're not in constant communication, but... We touch in, mm-hmm. right? And I feel that deep, deep, powerful connection with you. Right back at you. So thank you for joining us on this show. Thanks for having me. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please consider leaving us a rating on iTunes. Your rating is the single most effective way for new listeners to find and enjoy the show. You can also get all Reboot podcast episodes by signing up at reboot.io slash signup. There's a link for that in our show notes. I am Dan Putt from Reboot, and you've been listening to the Reboot Podcast. Thanks for joining. <laughs>